Relevant. 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 Radio show. Sharing a real message in a relevant way. Good morning and happy Sunday. My name is Natasha Herod and you are listening to Relevant, the radio show. We have a very impactful show for you today. Our topic is rejection. Something that many of us have dealt with at some point in our lives. Sometimes it stopped you from really going forward in your life. We are going to talk about it. We have a great guest, Pastor Gerald Pace, and we're just really going to break down this topic of rejection. Also joining us in the relevant spotlight, Brittany Elise of Beauty Impact Accessories. She's going to talk about rejection in terms of being an entrepreneur, how to press past it, and move on and have a successful business. Our song of the day is by Tasha Cobb, You Know My Name. The lyrics that particularly speak out to me are, You Know My Name, and Oh How You Walk With Me, Oh How You Talk With Me, Oh How You Tell Me That I Am Your Own. No fire can burn me, no battle can turn me, no mountain can stop me, because you know my name. If you've dealt with rejection or even in that space now in your life, I want to encourage you to know that regardless to who has walked away from you in your life, who you have experienced rejection from, God knows your name and he walks with you and he talks with you. And you are his own. Listen to this song.
This song is not for you If you've never cried a river Or had your heart broken too This song is not for you If every day you wake up the skies are blue But this is for anyone No matter how you pray The pain will let you get through But you try and you try woman in Tennessee goes from sleeping in Kroger's parking lot to being one of the checkers there and rebuilding her life. After seeing a flyer for a job there, Lashenda Williams asked the hiring manager if they had a place for her. 
the manager, not knowing the woman's name, but recognized her face from being a frequent customer there, told her to come to the job fair and she would definitely give her an interview. Lashinda was the first one in line the day of the job fair. She told the hiring manager a powerful story of how drug addiction, abuse, and abandonment led to her living out of her car and sleeping in the parking lot right outside of the grocery store. The manager asked if she'd applied for the job online because that was the only way that she could really be considered for the job. Lashinda walked out to her car, grabbed an old laptop, and asked the hiring manager if they had a power cord in a place that she could plug in. For the next two hours, Lashinda pounded away on the laptop keyboard while the manager came by in between interviews to help. As soon as they, she got notice that said, you have successfully applied, the hiring manager, Linda Vandell, told the woman she was hired. Lucinda burst into tears and fell into the manager's arms. She said, don't worry about anything. We're going to work you and we're going to take care of you. And from there, Lashinda's life began to turn around. Eight months later, Lashinda Williams, age 46, comes into work every morning, upbeat, working the checkout lines. Her tagline is, don't let anybody steal your joy, she tells fellow employees and customers. After a few months, Lashinda Williams earned enough money to get her own apartment. A customer of the store helped her find the apartment. Another customer rallied fellow Nashvillians on Facebook to donate furniture, decorations, and clothing. With that kind of support, it's easy to see why Lashinda Williams is enthusiastic about coming to work every day. She said, I was sleeping in a parking lot and looking for something to eat. Now all my babies here love on me. No one abuses me. No one calls me dumb or stupid. For the first time in my life, I finally got peace. A community working together to help one woman rebuild her life and show a little faith in her. Now that's what's right with the world. What's right with the world? You're rocking with the best on a relevant radio show with your host, Natasha Harrod. They are the best and the worst you've created. Loving and hating and opinionated. Loners in basements and those congregated. Deliver me. Far from the peaceful shore I was sinking Deep in the ocean of thoughts they were thinking I don't know what validation I was seeking Deliver me from people, people When you said you could heal me from anything Did you mean Just 
and I smiled in the morning. He took the last bit of joy I was storing. That's too much power for anything human and 10 says, even if my father and my mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. There are times when even those that are closest to us may not fulfill the expectations we have or need of them. Friends may become fickle. Mothers or fathers may be absent in their role in our lives. We may be betrayed by those that we trust. We may even be separated through death, but it has left us feeling grieved and feeling abandoned. It is in this space that God, if we allow him, will be an ever-present help and comfort to us. We must not allow rejection to overtake us and build emotional walls and become afraid to trust, afraid to love, afraid to be vulnerable. But remember who you are and remember whose you are. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 2 and 10, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ to do good works. Know that when others are gone, God has not abandoned you. Where others have rejected you and what you bring to the table, God himself has invested skills and talents in you and has a work for you to fulfill. Philippians 1 and 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he that has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Regardless of the negative words that may have been spoken over your life, I speak to who God has created you to be. 
People may have led you to believe that you weren't good enough, smart enough, pretty enough, or worthy. But today, I speak life over your life. I speak life into your life. Regardless to what you have gone through, you are more than a conqueror. And I want to leave you with this, 1 Peter 2 and 9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So I say to you today, walk in God's marvelous light. This is Relevant, the radio show, and I'm your host, Natasha Harrod. Come time to pack it in If I've given my best And there's nothing left So my best days are at an end Oh Then I remember That you would never Let me face what's next alone I know that You're keeping me strength When I'm weak And expect me to carry on I know that the Lord
And we are honored to have our guest for today, Gerald Pace, and he is a pastor in the metropolitan St. Louis area. And we are going to talk about our topic today, which is rejection, rejection. Cambridge Dictionary lists one of the definitions of rejection as the act of not giving someone the love and attention they want and or expect. Rejection can occur in any area of our lives. It can be in parental relationships, friendships within the church, even in our marriage. Um, And so we're going to kind of delve into this topic. It's a a pretty weighty topic, but we just kind of want to um, get to this, you know, just kind of come to the surface of the topic and hopefully kind of lead you to think further about it if this is something that you've dealt with in your past. But we want to welcome Pastor Gerald Pace. Welcome. How are you? How are you? It's good to hear from you today. And I'm just honored that you would consider me to be a part of this discussion. Oh, thank you. Thank you for joining me. We're honored to have you. And let me just say at the offset, I remember seeing a Facebook Live that you did. Oh, it might have been a couple of years ago. And it was entitled Better Not Bitter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it really resonated with me. And even when I was thinking about this topic, you came to the top of my mind, recalling some of the things that you shared in that video and your transparency in that, which you know I'm sure resonated with a lot of people. And so I just want to thank you for your openness in sharing. Yeah, definitely. And, I, you know, I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> that <laughs> I'm like, why would she choose me for this subject? And I, I know I've dealt with, you know, a lot of rejection as it relates to the church and, and family stuff and all that. And I was wondering, you know, how did I fit in? And I found reminded of that kind of like tell all. <laughs> out my experience. Um, in the church and all the rejection and now where God has me. So, yeah. 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 And I do try to, um, well, I don't say try, but I do really try to seek God as far as who he would have me to talk to um, about the different topics that uh, we share. Um, I'm, I'm very grateful for the platform that we have. And, you know, oftentimes he gives me people that, um, you know, I'm not, you know, that I wouldn't normally reach out to. And it's always been uh, a great connection. So I thank you for making time for us today. Yes, absolutely. It's an honor. So let's get into this. I mean, we we kind of gave the textbook or the dictionary definition of rejection. Um, but when we talk about rejection, um, really, what are we, you know, kind of how does that manifest in people because sometimes we we deal with a thing and we don't really know the name of it or we don't really you know you know what I'm saying we don't uh know that it's called that you know so what are some of the ways that because sometimes people can hear that and like oh I don't really deal with that but what are some of the ways that it may manifest in people's lives or that maybe you saw how it manifested in your life and so maybe people can I Sometimes we can identify the symptoms if we don't necessarily identify with the name. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's so many things that 
are caused by experiencing rejection. And a lot of it is internal. And a lot of people don't know what people are actually dealing with while they're going through that. Um, but it causes like, it can cause some serious malfunctions in your personality and it shapes your response based upon um, historical experiences you've had in your life. So you find yourself um, reacting and responding to current situations based off of the rejection that you experienced 15, 10, five years ago. Um, causes you, you know, to isolate yourself. It causes you to deal with loneliness and depression. Um, and all those feelings can become chronic. It's like, this won't go away. This won't leave me. Every time I enter into a new place or a new space with new people, I deal with these types of things. It can even go as far as leading to mental health issues, um, such as social anxiety, such as avoided personality disorder. And even some psychiatrists even say that it can lead to borderline personality disorder. And we know um, how severe and how serious that can be. Um, you carry around all this anger and all this bitterness inside of you, and no one even knows that you are carrying it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't even know. We don't even realize the effect that growing up without a father has made on our lives or um, words that were spoken to us in, in, in sometimes in passing, but they left a mark. They left residue in our lives. Um, divorce, breakup, you know, being fired, different things like that. We don't realize the effect that it has on us. Uh, Why is it so damaging? I mean, why can, you know, we can have heard 20 positive things, but the negative of some, you know, the negative critique from someone will sometimes knock us totally out. Yes. Well, the one thing that, that I had to go and understand for myself was why, why was I feeling the way that I feel? <laughs> when uh-huh. I, why why does it become so painful and so burning? Um, and, and one thing I found out was that the brain actually has receptors that respond um, to rejection. And uh-huh. so there's immediate release of pain from your brain into body because you have experienced some level of rejection. So yes, there's emotional pain, but there's also um, a physical pain that comes up on you when you are rejected. And everybody desires acceptance. Everybody desires um, to be received, to be accepted. The things that they present, they present their appearance, um, they present their creativity, their talents. Everyone desires to be accepted in a way, and I believe this is something that begins in the womb. Um, you can you can have the like the imagery of like a little baby, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we both have kids, so we know what this is like. Little baby that's sitting on the floor that wants to be picked up um, by mommy or, or daddy, and the mommy and daddy is busy and keeps walking. That baby falls out, screaming, <laughs> hollering, kicking whatever, putting up carpet because they want to be accepted. They want to feel that love um, and they experience a rejection right there. So it's something our bodies um, handle, our emotions handle um, in a very different way than some of the other things that happen to us. Mm, that's, it's interesting that it's not only a emotional response, but a physical response, as you're saying. Yeah. Um, and I really believe, you know, I, I um, have been studying on trauma-informed ministry. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, I really believe like our bodies, I was just recently telling someone that our bodies, um, you know, sometimes we can have memory, trauma of memory. Yes. And uh, they didn't really know. I don't know why I'm getting so sad, why this is going on at this time in my life. And I said, well, in just maybe two weeks from now, it's the anniversary of your son's death. And mm-hmm. your body, even though like you may not be thinking about it, you know, uh, on a cogn- cognizant level, your body remembers that trauma, you know, they went through. And sometimes when we are, and I heard you talk about earlier, um, how we can kind of repeat cycles and we can, you know, uh, relive things from 10, 15, 20 years ago. Sometimes yeah. when we get into another relationship male-female relationship or a a friendship, Um, even though this person has not displayed any of those characteristics um, of the rejection that we experience, sometimes we will will kind of relive that trauma and we will start kind of acting out of of that, you know, that memory. Yeah, yeah. You know, you brought up the, the memory... Um, memory-based trauma. And the first time I heard of body memory um, of things that have happened to the body, it was literally at your church. Mm. Um, <laughs> shockingly, it was <laughs> right. about, I know this is not supposed to be such a churchy conversation, but it, <laughs> it was about, I would say about 14 years ago um, is when I first heard that concept. It was taught by Bethany Johnson um, at a youth service that you all had. You mm. probably book back then. But yeah, I, okay. I remember her coming to speak. Uh-huh. Yeah, it helped me to to begin to understand that my body remembers the things that have happened to it, and not only does it store the memory, um, it then begins to crave the same thing over and over and over again. So I can have um, an innate desire to get in these same entanglements with the same type of people that I know that are going to treat me the same type of way, but my body's already used to it. My body already knows the, 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 the ebbs and the flows mm-hmm. of in, in that type of relationship. So it's just a really interesting thing that you, that you brought up that um, is really um, a part of us discovering um, why we set ourselves up for rejection. Mm-hmm. And I think key is being honest with ourselves, you know, because sometimes we don't want to, it's, it's easy to look at the other person's, their um, part in that. But sometimes we have to kind of be honest with ourselves and say, Hey, I am hurt, you know, and sometimes, and I know for myself, you know, I want to be a toughie, you know, and I want to, you know, act like, Hey, I can just roll with the punches. But sometimes I have to be honest and say, that hurt my feelings, that let me down, you know, I was betrayed by that. And I think that when we are honest with that, then we could heal from that. Yeah, yeah. There's a responsibility that that we have to take. And until we can be um, able to see our part in it, we will never um, be free from repeating those cycles. We have to see, I allowed this in my life again, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I participated in this again. I knew which direction it was going to take before I even got started. Mm-hmm. And I still dug into it instead of saying, well, I don't know why they don't like me. I don't know why he doesn't love me. I don't know why she doesn't love me. Mm-hmm. You you engage in, you know, that type of relationship. And there were signs. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
saw there was signs that told you, hey, you need to run. <laughs> <laughs> but we just gunned it right past those signs. <laughs> Yeah, and when you talk about the part that we have to play, um, how can rejection be tied to our expectations of people? Um, sometimes we may have unrealistic expectations, and I always say unrealistic expectations can meet can lead to unmet needs. Yeah, yeah. So there are some people that demand like a level of support or care from people because it's something they didn't get from the last person. Mm-hmm. So. Walking into this new relationship, new friendship, um, new partnership, and because I didn't get X, Y, and Z in that previous partnership, now I'm walking into this one with, you know, right in, you're going to do X, Y, Z, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you're going to support me in this way, you're going to tell me this, and so it, it just leads down to the same path of, like you said, your needs are going to be unmet because who knows which vantage point that person is coming from? Who knows that person's history, um, that person's way of relating to other people? And so that there's like, and a good example is a lot of people have um, a love language of words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. And so when they get into a romantic relationship, they have this expectation that their partner is going to automatically compliment them all the time, tell them how great they are, tell them how skilled and how smart they are. <laughs> but if that person's love language is something different, they're not just going to innately know, you know, that's what you need. Mm-hmm. And they may be able to give that to you. So you have to kind of discover who these people are before you engage them. You have to look beyond what they look like and, and, and what they offer you physically and even what they have in their bank accounts and all that type of stuff, because it just may not be um, a good match of partnership. You just may really be um, on two different veins of life or two different flows of life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's interesting that you talk about the love languages in a romantic type relationship. Sometimes the rejection can come from uncommunicated expectations. Um, yeah. And uh, I remember like probably early on in our marriage, um, my husband and I, you know, like his love language is words of affirmation and, um, you know, I love you. I love you, you know, and different things like that, where mine is more acts of service. You know, I want to see you doing, you know, see you. I want to see your love in action type of thing. And so, you know, like I would come from the standpoint early on as a, I'll I'll be an immature young married wife, you know, he shouldn't need all of that um, pat on the back. You know, he should just see that I love him, you know, because I've done X, Y, Z, but that was not meeting his needs. So, and, and, you know, and vice versa, you know, he would say, 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 but like, I don't see you doing, you know, and so that could lead to rejection, you know, because you're, you know, you're not, your needs aren't being met until God began to deal with me. And I remember so clearly um, hearing the voice of the Lord saying, give your husband what he needs, not what you think he should have. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, and that really was a turning point for me, you know, um, stepping outside of myself and, you know, so that I could, you know, we can meet those, each other's needs. Um, but yeah, sometimes we don't communicate what we need. And so then we feel the rejection from that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's you, you really hit on a good point when you said um, give him what he needs, not what you feel that he needs. We, we even... 
we serve people that way. Mm-hmm. We support that way because we always do stuff from our own personal paradigm. The mm-hmm. way that the way that we think is all you know our own way of thinking and seeing. And so to be able to do that externally of yourself, not what makes you comfortable, right? Right. Not what <laughs> what what makes you feel good, but what. That- <laughs> What they, in fact, need, yeah. Yeah. And then when we were talking about um, unrealistic expectations and you were talking about um, how people sometimes needed to be supported in a way, um, a lot of times when we talk about rejection and um, we, as a pastor um, and, and myself, someone that is in leadership, Sometimes people, and especially I'm sure as a pastor, you find that people have expectations of you, um, of your wife, of your leadership team. Um, and sometimes, you know, and, and, you know, that they have, and they, it could be unrealistic expectations, but they will maybe leave or even stay, but experience rejection because their, their bar is so high. They want you to serve at a level that is practically impossible. Yes. Yeah. We we take on the model in our pastoralship as we I call it an apostolic mother and father. That's what I call it. It's just the way that I term it. Um, it's not quite simply a pastoral role, but we really walk in people's lives. But even with that, we have to make sure there's a boundary established because we are a church that, you know, people come that are fatherless, that are motherless, that, you know, didn't have either growing up. There were literal orphans that were found, um, you know, next to dumpsters and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, deceased parents and things of that nature. And so there can be, especially early on when we started our church, there was an expectation of me. I was still single when we first started our church. There was an expectation on me that I was going to be their father. I was going to be their daddy, their whole daddy, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Not just spiritual daddy, but the daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I had to really define my role in their life and establish, you know, this is what I'm here for. I'm a spiritual father. And then, yes, there's, there's some blurred lines here and there. Yes, I'm going to show up at your birthday party if I can. Um, yes, if you graduate, I'm going to be there if I can. But there's there's a distinct line also that says, hey, this is not my biological father. I don't have these expectations on them um, because it's only going to lead to me being upset and, like you said, feeling rejected. So what I learned to do, as I dealt with people and I teach people this all the time is that you have to learn how to let people off the hook mm, that's good. people and let them off the hook because if they could fulfill that role in your life, if they could, you know, not ever disappoint you, then most likely they would if they, if you have them in your life for whatever reason, they didn't have the ability to do it. Um, but they didn't have the ability to do what you wanted them to do or what you felt like you needed them to do, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People are sinning your life for certain seasons, for certain reasons, 
certain times and you have to embrace that fact in order to avoid rejection. You know, you weren't sent in my life to walk me through um, the hardship of, of divorce. You were in my life to celebrate this part. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Right. You have to make sure you put people in their proper place so that you're not let down or disappointed when they cannot fulfill the role that you have boxed them into. Yeah. And we can't kind of rely on our pastor, our friends, our even our spouse, our children to be our be all end all. You know, yes. they can't yeah. be your only friend. <laughs> From the Sunday to the congregation and, and just the part of the message and the way it went, it was just that I can't be your savior. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm yeah. not your savior. I, I'm a, I'm a preacher. I preach the word, teach the word. I give you guidance, counsel, wisdom, prophecy, all those things, but I'm not your savior. And so there's some things that you're going to have to learn how to develop in yourself because there's some things you're going to have to fulfill within yourself that no one else is going to be able to do. No one else is going to be able to carry it, but you. And so I've just been really preaching it across our church because I need to be um, lit off the hook a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, sometimes, you know, I often tell people that you're looking for something from someone and they that they don't have the capacity to give you. Yes. So, yeah. Um, And so I I think this is a really good conversation Um, and we're going to take a break. But I hope that you have kind of uh, as listening uh, audience, you know, possibly you have been dealing with some areas of rejection in your life and relationships. And um, I hope this first segment has really prompted you to take an honest look, look at your actions and expectations of people. And um, sometimes we experience hurt and we experience rejection um, because maybe, you know, we set the bar so high that there was no way that people could achieve our expectations. And really the only person that can be our be all end all and meet every one of our needs is the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, He sends people in our lives for, you know, specific purposes or to walk alongside with us in life and do life with us. But really, you know, all of our help and all of our fulfillment has to come from God. And um, he will not allow that to, you know, us to be totally fulfilled through others. You know, he will not share his glory with anyone else. So I hope that we have really um, kind of prompted you to take a look at yourself in this area of rejection. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with Pastor Gerald Pace. Hey everybody, this is Tamika Foley. I'd love for you to pick up my project entitled Always There, featuring Yes, God is Real. The Hallelujah Worship Medley. My title song, Always There. much more. Be sure to get my new project, Always There, available on all digital outlets. Get it now. And we are back from our break. Um, We've been talking, we really just jumped right into our conversation, but um, Pastor Pace, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, you alluded a little bit to your ministry. Um, Can you share with us a little bit about yourself and your ministry that you serve and anything else that you want to tell us? Sure, sure. Well, I am Gerald Pace. I pastor, I'm the senior leader 
of Move Church. Um, there's Move Church, our physical campus, and now we have developed I Move Church, our online campus. And so um, we've been in existence for seven and a half years, going into the eighth year here real soon. Um, I'm a husband of one wife, Selena Pace, and the father of one child, Kaleo Promise Pace, which is our miracle child. Um, and it's just a, a pleasure to serve God. We are um, a deliverance, restoration type ministry, um, and we, we got a whole lot going on. I could probably talk uh, all evening about what the Lord has given us to do um, at Move Church. We're a church that believes in creating living, breathing sanctuaries that will go out and compel people um, to come to Jesus. So that's what we're about. Awesome, awesome. And we will have information um on how you can contact uh, Move Church and all of that on our Facebook page um, following the broadcast so that you can learn more about the movement that is Move Church. <laughs> um, so before we kind of talked about how um, we can have expectations from people and kind of adjusting those, but um, sometimes there has been some you know real areas of hurt and rejection in our lives. We have a parent that didn't parent us properly or was absent. We have, you know, or, you know, was incarcerated and was not there. Sometimes passed away and could not be there. Um, Divorce or um, infidelity in our marriages. Um, And and we have, you know, maybe been betrayed by spiritual leadership. Um, How do we deal with feelings of hurt, disappointment, and betrayal when uh, what I like to call the essential personnel in our lives, parents, spouse, friends, spiritual leadership are not there for us in the way that we need them to be and maybe in the way that, you know, their role calls for them to be, you know, how do we deal with those real feelings of, you know, my, my friend, you know, slept with my husband and and I don't know how to trust other people. You know, my spiritual leadership, you know, told all my business and, you know, my parents were not present in my life. How do we deal with those types of feelings? I believe the first thing that you have to do is a a season of self-discovery. You have to acknowledge that the feelings are real um, and that they are there. Um, a lot of times we just go on in the rigmarole of life and we're just moving, operating. And we're, the people say, the, the term they use in church is you're leading while you're bleeding, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you never take a moment to really sit down and discover what's happening within yourself. And so um, you have to take a moment sometimes just to chill, you know. Yeah. Break rain, stop everything, recalibrate and deal with what's happening in you. I don't believe that you can move forward out of these disappointments or these betrayals without forgiveness. You have to to forgive them even when you have the right to be angry. Um, Say that that again. Say that again. (laughs) You have to forgive them even when you have the right to be angry. Okay, and that's what a lot of us don't do when people offend us, when they disappoint us, when they let us down. We take that inside of us and it becomes strife, bitterness, anger. It's moving, operating, and it's, it's flowing every single place that we go. Um, but every single person, new person we interact with, we are operating from that lens that's been put on the inside of us. And so you have to walk 
in forgiveness even when you have been really offended, okay, or you have really been disappointed. So I believe it's self-discovery. I, be I believe it's forgiveness. And I talked about earlier that letting them off the hook so they could not be what you wanted them to be anyway. And then you have to make a decision um, to develop some self-confidence. You know, before we went for the, to the break, you were talking about um, God would send people in your life at different times for different reasons and that he's not going to share his glory with anybody else. So you have to understand that everything, every person that God has put in your life for a season to serve your life or to operate in your life, he gave it to you. So you have to look towards him um, to depend on what's next you know who do i go to my spiritual leader messed me up i had a bad time with my spiritual leader lord who do you have for me next where do you have for me to go next what are the qualities that i need to be looking for because god he, i don't believe that god leads us into, into things unaware i believe that we ignore him mm. that okay. we like you said we run right on over those signs we mm. pull now and hop over them and keep on going <laughs> Mm -hmm. I don't that he 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 leads us to places where there's no signs. He, the Bible even says he always provides a way of escape. There's a notification that's coming that hey, mm -hmm. something's wrong here. So mm -hmm. I, I he's gonna lead you and guide you to the place and the people that you need to be surrounded by. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's good. I mean, because sometimes we say that, you know, this just came out of nowhere, but really one, and I've said that myself about some things that happened. But when I look back, you know, I can say, well, hey, you know, I, I, I noticed this. I noticed that. But then I, I attributed it to something else or I didn't want it to be that. So I called it something else. Yeah. 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 Sometimes we, we just want to think the best and we don't want it to be what it is. I have definitely been there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, oh, no, they mean well. They just, <laughs> you know. They come from this background, but sometimes you have to, you know, call yeah. it a duck. Yeah. yeah, if it quacks like a duck. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stop making excuses for people and, you know, um, be honest. Yeah. 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 As you have, you know, matured in your ministry or in life, you know, um, when you look back on maybe some of the experiences that you have gone through um, concerning rejection or betrayal or disappointment, um, what are some of the things that you think that you have learned from those maybe painful experiences at the time, you know, but how have they served you in ministry or in life? Well, there, there's, there's so much here and I could, uh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> um, I have learned so much how to depend on God for real. Um, being rejected from church, it caused me to be able um, to depend on God in a way that I had never done before. I had never, I never even known him in the way that I got to know him when I was separated from the church. And I know that's a hard thing to say. Yeah. And I, I guess uh, just for, I mean, you can maybe share what you would right. like to share, but just for listeners, you know, that may not be totally familiar with, with what you're talking about. Um, yeah. I can, I can share a little bit. 
I don't like to get into everything because yeah, yeah. That's what I said. Just share, you know, just what will just give us a general idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I was I was engaged in um, some some sin <laughs> mm-hmm. at church, and it caused some some problems in the church where I served. And, um, and, and it was, you know, it was a bad situation and I was young and, and just didn't really know my identity fully, um, didn't really know who I was in the kingdom. Um, and it calls for, um, the church to make the decision to put me out on um, the board voted that I would be put out of the church. And, um, you know, everybody knew it was, you know, scandal, mm-hmm. um, a lot of, picking and, you know, laughing stuff, all this type of stuff. So I went to another church to go and serve there um, and not like hiding anything and um, not, you know, trying to pretend like, oh, everything's perfect in my life. And they found out about the things that happened at the previous church and they put me out too. And so Mm -hmm. (laughs) trying to get healed and free at one church, I got, got put out of that one too. And so, um, it just caused me, that experience caused me to really develop a relationship with the Lord outside of the the busyness um, and the involvement and the, the traditional behavior that we have in a church experience. Um, were the things that I did, were they right? Absolutely not. They were absolutely wrong. Uh, but did they merit getting put out of God's house? I do not believe so because I was repentant and I was trying to make a change. Okay. However, however, what I've learned is that you can have a relationship with God so strong when you recognize your true identity in him. Mm-hmm. What I had to do was I had to learn me. I had to study me. I had to know this this being that God has created to be on earth and what he created me on earth, what he created me to be on this earth for. And that is what helped me to overcome. I cried many nights. <laughs> I prayed in my room like, you know, never before. I worshiped in my room like never before because it was such a painful time. It taught me how to embrace everybody with the arms of Jesus Christ. Oh, oh, so your rejection led yeah. you to be embracing of others. You know? Yes, I had to go through what I went through in order to learn how to embrace people, to get them free from the shame and the embarrassment of what they had done, what they had been through, um, and to really lead them into the world of deliverance. And if you look at our church, our church is not um, a churchy church. It's not a, not a <laughs> church full of church. It's a, it's a radical church. <laughs> that is, yeah. In our church that have gotten free from heroin, stuff that people say you can't get free from. They've gotten free from heroin in our church. Mm-hmm. You have people out of prostitution in our church. You have people that were um, cross-dressers and drag queens that have gotten delivered in our church um, because we learn to embrace them help them remove the shame and bring them to Jesus Christ because we all we all need that. And so um, my rejection taught me to never reject. Mm, that's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes God sets us up through our experiences to be in a position to be um, a conduit of freedom for other people, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and of love for other people. That's all that I have, I only needed embracing. Um, I only needed someone to say, Hey, I see 
that you're struggling, but Jesus can do something. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that in church that we, we have to stop rejecting people uh, that don't struggle with what we struggle with, if mm-hmm. that makes yeah, yeah, yeah. Or who we feels who we feel who has a sin that's too ugly to touch. Because most people don't want to be bound by what they're bound by. They don't yes. want to be. There's yes. some that roll over into reprobate. There's some people that have really turned away. But most people at the common core, they really want the Lord. They're coming to church. Yes, they want, they want to be free. Yes, they want to be free. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Oh, I'm gonna be quiet. I'm going. Let's go on to your other questions. So. Oh no! See, I'm getting ready to slap this table. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was. I love what you just shared there. Um, most people that are bound want to be free, and are already feeling rejection and and from other places. And so we, as the body of Christ, as the church, or as their family, as their friends, should be in a place to receive and accept them. Yes. And help them heal. And as I heard you talk, it kind of reminded me of, um, I don't know how much you know maybe about my story, but um, my father for many years was uh, a backslidden preacher, pastor. Uh, you know. I didn't know that. I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, my, I mean, was a pastor, national evangelist, traveled all over the country. That was the life that I knew. And um, began to kind of go back and, uh, you know, walk away from the Lord, I should say. And for probably 10 years, most of my teenage years and early 20s. And so that led to not only feeling rejection from my father, him choosing another lifestyle that was not consistent with one that would maintain his family, but also rejection from the church, you know, um, me getting pregnant at 19 with my oldest daughter, uh, rejection from the church there. Um, you know, cause you know, you were supposed to be one of the good girls I heard, you know, um, and so me leaving that church and going to another church, but it was, you know, God used it for his glory because that's where my ministry started. That's why I came back. I accepted the Lord as my savior. Um, and so now my father, you know, has been back with the Lord, you know, back for over 25 years and has been pastoring back at the same church. The church that uh, we are at now is where um, he walked away from the Lord, you know, and God restored him. And um, he was able to, you know, the bishop put him back in leadership. Um, but it's it's interesting how you can be fighting your own battles and hurting and kind of beating yourself up about things, but then you're kind of rejected or and not embraced by those that you think that you would or should be embraced by. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's there are some people um that, that just will never receive you. You know, once you have done your fall in their eyes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't care how many souls get saved, <laughs> demons are cast out, they yeah. do you're always labeled as as what they saw you as but i have really embraced the fact and, and my wife has really helped me with that is that god has an audience just for you he has mm-hmm. an audience and just you and people that will embrace you people that will love you people that you have been sent 
specifically for. It may not look like the traditional audience. It may not look like where you even came from. But there is an audience that has been designated just for you. So, yeah. 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 And I think that when you embrace that, that will you will avoid rejection and hurt because you're looking to be accepted by everyone. You know, I often say that, you know, when some people hear that and I've said this when I'm ministering, you know, some people hear that you, you know, were was when I was an unwed mother. Then, you know, they automatically just turn you off. They don't hear anything else you have to say. And I was like, that's okay, because I didn't come for you. You know, if yeah. you hear that I've been divorced, you know, and then you don't want to hear anything else I have to say, and that's okay, because I didn't come for you. But I come for that person that has been in my shoes, that is broken, and needs to know that in the midst of you being a 19-year-old unwed mother looking for love, that God can come in the midst of all of that brokenness and heal yeah. and save you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So just as we wrap up, um, sometimes as we, after we have kind of recognized those signs and um, I I wrote down what you said about self-discovery, sometimes we have to chill and deal, you know, stop jumping from one relationship to the next, but just chill out a minute, you know, Um, forgiveness being key. Um, And then looking to God you know, decide to look to God, you know, for your next move. You know, the Bible tells us to trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to your own understanding. You know, stop jumping up and and, and, and joining churches and falling into relationships and, you know, mm-hmm. yoking up with people as friends and then you're hurt and you're going through the same experiences, but look to God for direction. Um, yeah. But as we are healing from rejection and we are really dealing honestly with that, how do we prevent a spirit of rejection from taking hold in our lives without building emotional walls? Because sometimes, and I often hear this from women, um, that, you know, they have trust issues or um, they don't get along with other females, which I, I, I don't like to hear that. You know, they don't like, they don't get along with other females because they're catty and, you know, or even guys that, um, don't want to commit because they've been hurt before or people that don't want to go to church because, you know, of past experiences, you know, they're afraid to um, open up themselves in other relationships or they're afraid to offer ideas in their workplace or in their church because, you know, in the past they've been belittled or rejected. How can um, we be open, you know, and not build emotional walls? Yes. Well, I I think the first thing that we, we go back to, is discovering your identity. And once you discover your identity, once you know you, you learn you, you know your your proclivities, you know, what you're attracted to, what you're interested in getting involved in, what types of people that, you know, take you into certain spheres and, and feelings. Once you discover that, it, it tailors or um, kind of gives you the response that you need in those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, Thing that I tell people is that they have to know the difference between discernment and suspicion. Okay. <laughs> there is a divine difference in between discernment and Something suspicion. told me. <laughs> we must operate when we deal with people in situations, we operate in suspicion. Suspiciously. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know about them. They, you know, they act like this. Man. And those are the very people that God has sent to be in your life for this season mm-hmm. and you have turned your back on your miracle, your blessing, the people that had the skills and the capabilities um, there for you 
um, to, to get or to do what you need. People will and can enter your life that have good intentions. You just have to open yourself up for it. Um, you, you, you know your limitations. Yes, you use your discernment. You do all that type of stuff. But make sure you're not being suspicious. Make sure you open yourself up to, to receive the people that God your life or the opportunities that he's given to you. We said earlier that if it quacks and it walks like a duck, it's probably a duck. That is your, that's your discernment showing up right there. If it looks like it, sounds like it, it smells like it, it is what it is. But there are some people that look like what you need. There are some opportunities that look like what you need. And the last thing I'm going to say concerning this is sometimes you just got to take, take a leap. Mm. You just gotta, you gotta jump. You gotta just go ahead and make a decision. I'm gonna jump back out there. I'm gonna jump back into. Um, I've, I've, I've learned some things. I've had some experiences. I have dealt with rejection. I have learned even myself because of the stuff that I've gone to, gone through. And now I'm gonna take a leap into something new and something fresh. Awesome. So Awesome. Thank you so much for um, sharing with us and really um, shedding some light on this important topic. I think a lot of people deal with this and just don't know where to start or how to start. I have to thank you for allowing me to come. This is very this is a very important um, conversation and stuff that we don't talk about, something we hide. Um, you know, we don't realize it is something that is biting or eating at us um, internally. And so I appreciate you for being willing um, to open up the discussion for these types of subjects. So you're, you're awesome. You're awesome preacher. You're mm-hmm. talking about, I hear you. I want to hear you. I want to hear you. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I definitely appreciate it. And it uh, means a lot coming from you. Um, I hope that our conversation, as you have been listening, um, has really just stirred some things up in you. And if you are kind of feeling a little uncomfortable or, you know, wanting to turn the station because you really don't want to hear this anymore. I really think that that might be God um, just pricking at your heart saying, Hey, I want you to heal because God does not desire that you live in a state of brokenness, you know, but he sometimes sends gentle reminders while you're listening to music, while you are um, listening to this radio show to say, Hey, you know, I want to heal you. I want to live inside of you and I want to make something great out of your life. And on Relevant, the radio show, we really want to present relevant topics that will make a difference in your life um, and let you know that you have been um, created for greater and you don't have to be stay hurt. You don't have to stay broken, but there is so much more for you because God has an awesome destiny and a plan for you. Um, and so we are going to have information on Pastor Gerald Pace and Move Church We'll have information on our Facebook page following the broadcast, and you can find out more about their ministry. Thank you, Pastor Pace, for joining us today. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Relevant Radio Show. Relevant Radio, Relevant Radio Show with your host, Natasha Harrod. Hi, and welcome back to Relevant, the radio show. I'm your host, Natasha Harrod, and we are featuring the Relevant Spotlight. And today we are talking to Brittany Elise of Beauty Impact Accessories, and we are going to just continue our discussion. Hi, Brittany. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Miss Natasha. How are you today? I'm so excited. This is going to be awesome. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, so tell the audience a little bit about yourself and your business. Sure. Okay. So uh, my name is Brittany Elise. I am an entrepreneur, an educator, and an advocate for Black women to win. I am the owner of Beauty Impact Accessories, where we are the culture club. We connect the community to the culture with our African-inspired fashion line. Um, we do everything custom and um, limited edition that is created out of Africa, which makes us a social enterprise. Okay. Okay. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. I mean, it's been a couple of years, so like we got history, but I'm super excited to, you know, everything comes back full circle. And I think that's the blessing out of COVID right now that we get to come back in and fellowship with people that, you know, we've been impacted by and impacted. So I'm excited. Definitely. Definitely. So how would you characterize your journey? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with y'all. I started my first business when I was six years old. Like, the baby Brittany was a hustler, too. <laughs> my, I can see first, that. Man, man it, like, it's literally in my blood. I found out later that I'm a third-generation entrepreneur. I do believe that some things are, like, inherent, you know, for us. Like, we don't think about it, but, like, it's, it's natural. Like, I mean, I'm not going to say, like, it's completely in your blood, but there's some things that maybe, like, you just inherited, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so my first business, I can remember my mom, um, we lived in a shotgun apartment in South City, St. Louis, while she was going back to school to get her GD at 35. So at wow. this point, she's 35, I'm six, and um, she was getting her GD, and we were sitting in a shotgun apartment. We didn't have much money. We had enough. We had what we needed. But we didn't have anything extra. And, okay. you know, Saturday morning cartoons came on and this Barbie and this Barbie car got baby Britney so excited. You hear me? Uh-huh. <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, Mama, I want this car. And that I think that was the first time where I can recall the word afford. She's like, baby, we can't afford that right now. And when she said that, like, it just struck a chord in me and I think even now when I hear people say it I, I just I despise it and like how some people feel like um you know because there's certain buzzwords that you know just have a negative connotation but it's not the matter right. that we can't afford it we haven't found, found a way to get it you know right so baby Brittany went and got all of her toys and went outside in the front yard with a table and sold her toys <laughs> to the neighborhood kids. Like, so, like, that was my first business. And not only did I make enough money to get the Barbie, I got the car, too. You know? Wow. Um, <laughs> but, but that Brittany is still the same Brittany that today, like, they created. And this isn't, like, my first business. This is the most successful one that I stuck with. Um, so how I would categorize that is that like an entrepreneur is a person that is a problem solver. It's not necessarily like you're tied to one industry or, you know, it's, it's you're that one trick pony. It's a person that learns how to solve problems, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's how I pretty much categorize my journey is I'm a person and I come in and I see problems and I find a way to find a solution that I'm able to turn into a profitable situation for me, you know? Oh, your volume kind of went down in the back. I'm sorry. Okay. A problem solver. There we go. Is that better? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So so baby Brittany was a hustler, huh? Yeah. 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 Yeah, That's awesome. (laughs) So um, beauty impact accessories um, specializes in, how would you categorize your um, specialization or your target market? Okay. So right now, like, so when I first, started Beauty Impact. Beauty Impact was 
um, cosmetics. A lot of people don't know this because I transitioned so smoothly um, with just marketing and branding. But when I first started off, it was um, cosmetics, you know. So and then I had like a few jewelry pieces. I love jewelry. And like at the time I did now, I like kind of moved back from like designing. So I would consider beauty impact accessories, African inspired fashion brand. So with the African-inspired niche, we do things with Ankara, or we call it African print here in the States. Um, And then also like beaded work, um, such as like our waist bead and beaded earrings. But I stay within that niche of African-inspired. And how did you develop that? Or how did you come to realize that this is where you fit or this is what you enjoy doing, that, that niche? Yeah, okay. That's a great question. So, um, again, too, like with being a problem solver, I just want everybody to think about that, like, especially if you're thinking about going into business or you are an entrepreneur and you haven't quite found your niche, think about the problem. So, at the time, I had a friend who went to do a study abroad program in Ghana. And in my first marriage, I had married a Nigerian. So, she came back from Ghana with a bag, super excited, like, oh my God, Brittany, I got to see her to make this, you know, uh, see the woman make this. And I just know you can help her. She wants to get more U.S. customers. I would love for you guys to partner. So here it is, problem solving, you know. But then the following month, I actually went to Nigeria myself. um, And I got to see like the beauty and our, you know, like in in African-inspired fashion and culture and just learning so much. It just invoked a new level of hustle within me. Um, so like that's how I kind of transitioned. Actually, my first sale, I never had any startup capital with beauty impact accessories, especially when it came to the African inspired um, portion until like years later. But I did is I posted some um, some African Birkenstocks on my page and I said, hey, if you're interested in this, send me this PayPal uh, request of half of the shoe and the half of the shoe actually paid for all of the shoe but that was my profit that was going to be the other half um mm-hmm. and then I sold like I think 15 pair and then that's kind of I kind of cash away uh clash flow myself into business with the African inspired business yeah okay okay yeah. um I know now it's popular it's trendy the African prints um and now it's a lot, you know, you see them in some of your retail stores, your less expensive stores. Um, and I know that you import yours from um, for Africa. And so consequently, you by being authentic fabrics and um, the handmade, your, your price point is higher than, say, you know, another, you know, I don't want to call, you know, some of the retail names, but um, has that impacted your business? People going for the cheaper kind of knockoff African print as opposed to um, wanting to invest in the authentic prints? Uh, yes to no. So that when I'll say that, so like when I left here um, in 2016, I moved to California and that was the first time that I realized that I paid too much for product as well. Um, it's just something I teach in my um, online academy now how to negotiate your prices. Um, so I went to California and I did my first festival and I was vending with other native Africans who were selling stuff and they were selling some of their items for uh, retail, like at my wholesale rate. Okay. So I was like, holy crap, like, how are they affording to do this? I never knew that, you know, I was paying too much for things. And my first partnership, she actually, like, manipulated, like, our relationship for a couple of years and made more than enough money than I ever should have paid for things. So um, once I learned how to negotiate my prices and lower that, um, I, I became more competitive 
But here's the thing. Beyond before I knew that I could negotiate, I always knew how to market. And I knew I had a certain amount of customer who would pay the price because they wanted to deal with, you know, my mission and the market that I was dealing with. So and that's another thing, too, as an entrepreneur, you got to make sure, you know, people do business with people before they do business with, you know, the business. Your product could suck, but if people know, like and trust you, they'll be willing to give you their money. And it's also your duty to make sure that you improve. You know, your your packaging, your offering, your product as you grow, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it did hurt me for a while, you know. Um, but I, I, I mean, I, I will say this. I've had some loyal people that have been with me since 2015 supporting the business and the brand. Um, and then when I was able to become more competitive, I definitely have passed along that savings to my customers. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's about building relationships and people wanting to do business with you to support your mission and just, you know, because of who you are, because sometimes I know um, entrepreneurs are afraid to, especially in the beginning to really um, put a premium on their service or their product, um, feeling like maybe they won't have an audience or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Not wanting to, you know, but, and so they, they discount or don't value um, what they're bringing to the industry. Um, But, I think they're, you know, if we learn to value who we are and the skill set that we bring or the product that we bring or the mission that we bring, you know, there is an audience and people will pay for that. Absolutely. Um, like, I mean, you, you said it in a nutshell. I definitely think that people have to know their market, you know, who you're trying to target, who your target market is. And then, too, like, I mean, if you're asking that and, and you don't feel confident in the, the price that you're passing along to the customer, then the customer is going to read that and they won't pay it. So just because one person won't pay it doesn't mean that, you know, like that you should stop altogether. And maybe it might be a few, but you'll get to the person who, you know, like they're, they're a diehard fan or, you know, whatever, and, and you built a relationship with them. Like, you know, so, yeah, yeah keep yeah. going. <laughs> definitely, definitely find your market. Um, and then sometimes it's, you know, we're talking about finding your, you know, your niche as far as Africa-inspired um, clothing and jewelry, um, beadwork. Uh, many times, especially in the fashion industry or maybe in the beauty industry, um, entrepreneurs, they want to um, be all things to all people. You know, I don't want somebody to walk in and not find what they're looking for. So they just have everything. How important is it to find your area of specialization or find your target audience? Um, it's critical if you want to scale your business. And then also when you want to become a brand that's bigger than just you talking about it. Okay. So what that what that means, like at one point, I think I, I wasn't as niche as I could have been. And I tried to expand product offerings, but then it made people harder to prefer the services that I offered or the products that I offered. And like, oh, yeah, like, you know, like, and that's another thing, too. Like, that's why as an entrepreneur, you should have your own brand as an individual and then your business, because you might be able to offer more things, but your business might be a little bit more niche, if that makes sense. So I think that, you know, when you are in the process of scaling, in the process of starting a new project and you want like now, um, Miss Natasha, I'm at the point like this is the first. No, let's say this is like the second year where like I now have customers that don't know me personally. The people who buy online, I have no clue who they are. 
and it's been it, this will be my fifth year come November, and um I had never had that everybody who did business with me knew me personally, but now I have marketed enough and positioned myself enough as an ex. Well, not I'm not me. The brand is positioned enough to carry itself, so people trust it based off of a Facebook ad or someone else talking about it, or, you know, my SEO services, or, or like, something that they seen relating to beauty impact accessories. So, like, just this whole week, I was blown away by people calling. They're like, oh, hold on, is this beauty impact accessories not knowing, like, about when I say, hi, this is Brittany, they're no longer, like, Brittany and beauty impact are two different things now. And that had not been the case for a long time. So, yeah, like, with having, you know, a target audience, you, you get to that point where now, no, like, they're not just doing business with you, they're doing business with the brand. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so, branding is really important as far as establishing your business, and it's easier to do that when you have a target and you're not, you know, you can't start off being Walmart as a small entrepreneur. That's it. Walmart didn't start off being Walmart. Amazon didn't. Amazon, like I, a lot of people, I'm like, this is like, I mean, I don't want to say I'm aging myself because I'm 30 this year, but like Amazon had books. Like my right. freshman and sophomore year, I only got books from Amazon. Now yeah. Amazon is everything for everybody, but people don't understand. Like Jeff Bezos sold books. You know, right, you can right. always expand, but like starting somewhere. And the thing is, like your 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 old customers might turn into new customers. Some people might turn over, some people might not. Don't get hung up on who doesn't convert. You know, but just stay focused on who you actually want to convert. If that makes sense. Yeah, and then those that don't convert, you know, God blesses with a new audience. That's it. That's yeah. it. The more niche and tailored and customized and, and relatable you become as an entrepreneur and that you form your brand to be, it helps you in the long run with brand loyalty. So yeah. it's it's worth the effort. You know, it's worth investing to coaches, courses, mentoring. It's worth all of that. Definitely, definitely. We're going to take a short break and we're going to be back with Brittany Elise with Beauty Impact Accessories. You're listening to Relevant, the radio show. And we are back with Brittany Elise from Beauty Impact Accessories, and you are listening to Relevant, the radio show. I'm your host, Natasha Herrick, and we're going to continue our discussion. And our topic today has been rejection. We're talking about rejection. Um, in business, as an entrepreneur, um, have you dealt with rejection, and how have you handled that? Uh, <laughs> I, yes, like <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm trying to think of like when I seen this, like I was trying to think of what the best, I don't know, angle to take it. Like uh, what form of rejection? Um, I think what I said earlier, like with just removing. Um, remembering like when I got to a whole nother city um you know like the prices like were not comparable and there were so many more options so you know like that that was massive rejection because they were like oh my god like these designs are so different from this other one and um you know I, I really like what you do but I just can't see myself paying that. That was rejection, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then also, um, when I moved to the South, like, <laughs> every market, that's the one thing, too, like, that's really unique about my journey as an entrepreneur is that every city that I lived in was vastly different, you know? And then even growing up in St. Louis, I went to 13 different schools. 
So with me going to 13 different schools, everything was vastly different. You had to play the part. So rejection has been a part of my entrepreneur journey. Absolutely. But here's the thing, too. Like, it's also a part of your growth. So, like, when you don't want to feel rejection or when you get shut down from rejection, like, no, that for me, it makes me, excuse me, go back to the drawing board and figure out what I need to do right now. Like, okay, so what happened? Not, And I don't take it personal. For a long time, I took it personal. Yeah, Yeah, you know, like they took that it's me. It's it's not me. It's something that, you know, like there's not in the formula, right? Maybe I'm not packaging, whatever that looks like. So not to take it personal is is a big deal, you know? So, um, yes, I've experienced that in every way possible. Can you pause this real quick, Mr. Tasha? Yes. Sorry, my husband's calling. Okay. Hey, babe. Okay. Yeah, so I think what you just said there is key, not taking it personally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, don't get me wrong. It took a lot to learn not to take it personal. Like, I'm going to say up until 2018, that's when I learned that it wasn't really, it's not about me, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then how, because you mentioned moving, because I know that um, you were here in St. Louis, and then, um, and you had your showroom set up, and you know, we're in connection with several entrepreneurs, you know, myself being one of them, displaying in your showroom, which was a great opportunity for us. And then you moved to California and then from California, you moved south. Um, And then and in the process, you know, may have had some life situations that were going on. How do what advice would you give to people in business, small business owners that are um, trying to balance personal you know you've got kind of you know some situations going on in your personal life but you're trying to balance really trying to be successful and take your business to the next level because I don't know what it was like behind the scenes but from the outside I saw you moving and grooving you know from California to the south in stores in the south and you know and just really you know kind of seem like expanding your audience but a lot of times people don't know the back scene or the backstory to things that you're going through you know how do you balance all of that because sometimes you know when things are going on in our personal life we just want to give up i need to concentrate on this i need to concentrate on my marriage i need to concentrate on you know my house is falling apart and so i can't handle all of this but yet you know you have your passion you have your source of income you have your calling, you know, how do you, you know what I'm saying? Balance not wanting to get, wanting to give up. Yeah. Um, I'm getting emotional, like reliving it right now. I'm being honest with you. Um, and if I could just be completely transparent, you know, like with your audience and, and with you as well, like with answering this question that, you know, superwoman does not exist. And to everything that you say yes to, you're saying no to something as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like, and no one's immune to life. I went through a lot of tremendous, tremendous tragedy throughout those years. And I think people didn't know that because I was really good at having a good public face. You know, I didn't, um, I didn't want to crack and, and my business was my baby. My business was like my therapy. My business was everything, but that's, that's not, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm being 100% honest right now. That is not a healthy thing to do. It's not, if, if I had to do it all over again, I, I would probably still do it because the experience 
you know, um, it, it birthed the person who's here now and it truly helped me to find God. I think before then I did not, I, I, I was um, under a false impression of who God was, you know, but I really, like God really, tra- like really, 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 really showed me who he was in the midst of all that chaos that I went through. Mm. So like you said, like uh, leaving St. Louis, that was devastating for me. Um, and a lot of people didn't know. They're like, oh, my God, you're going to California. That's going to be so awesome. And but, like, I had worked so hard to build what I had put together here in St. Louis. So, like, having, you know, the showroom. And then I had just finished that amazing lookbook that sold out and got so much press for And, you know, like, and I was able to raise, you know, thousands of dollars to send to Ghana. Like, yeah, like, I mean, it was it was a pretty big deal to me. And then, like, literally, like, the next week. I found out that like, yo, I got a job offer to go out here. And um, so, I mean, not me, but my ex-husband. And that was, it was, it was difficult, Miss Natasha. So what I will say is that um, you, with, with the journey of entrepreneurship, if you don't know who God is already, or if you think you have um, some type of like a uh, regulation of who you think God is now, like he will be revealed through this process because it is a process of faith. It is a process of pruning. It is a process of growing. If you have not experienced that in your everyday life, in your everyday walk with him, while you're in business and then life goes on on the outside, he will manifest himself to you and walk alongside you if you let him, you know? Now, there are some other people who, who can go through these things and, and, and look like untarnished, but what has happened now in 2020 with me going through so much traumatic stuff over the last three years, moving across the country three times, you know, deaths in the family, like, oh my God, marriage was in shambles, trying to hold it together, all this other stuff. What happens is you are on adrenaline for so long, like you're constantly triggered, you're constantly moving through. And for me, like my approval that everything was going to be okay was putting everything into impact. So I need to get more stores. Oh, I need to get this. I need to do this. And if I like, I was really trying to reason with myself, my work, because everything else was not proving that I was worthy in my head. This is how I was thinking. I'm just being honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so now in 2020, Brittany realized like uh, I have adrenaline fatigue now. Now I have the de- I don't have any desire to do vending events or travel or do all these other things because I'm no longer doing it for notoriety or, or even for money. It's mm-hmm. a passion. It's a love, and it, it, it was that to its core. But because I was going through so much stuff in the background, like it turned into like okay, it's okay because you still got this. Right. You get what I'm saying? Right. So, um, like, it was very difficult, and I held it together very well publicly, but I was falling apart and dying on the inside, at one point suicidal, um, and, and it was definitely hard for me. And what I will say, um, in the midst of that, God sent um, a few sisters, one in, the, in, in um, uh, Disha Adefella, and we met in Oakland. She did the Oakland Kids Culture Festival, a venue that I did. And her husband was Nigerian and she was American, just like my ex-husband. And they actually invited us over and they witnessed to me. And that was the first time that someone actually brought to my attention of like, you know, why I needed God. And it was a pruning over the the next two years where she actually hooked me up with uh, two other sisters who were actually married to Nigerians as well in Charlotte, where I moved to. And they sat down and read the Bible with me. And I promise you, it could have not been more relevant for the time that I was Mm. ready to go through. 
in that next season with someone. Wow. And that's the thing too. Some of us, we think because people say, oh yeah, God is good and all of this, that we think that people really know who Jesus is and know what that sacrifice, know why they need him. Like God is not our gene. Jesus is not, oh, like it's just the cool bumper sticker, you know, all these uh-huh. other things, but just, I needed that so much in my life, Miss Natasha. I needed that so much. But like literally when the wall started falling down in my marriage and my personal life and you know, it was so much stuff that was just happening. It was like almost like this chaos but peace at the same time was like, okay, yeah. God, like, so now I know who you are. Because you I had a relationship that you didn't have before. Holy crap. I can't tell yeah. you that. I'm getting emotional feeling it all again because like, I'm like, oh, I, I, I'm thinking like, here, here it is. Like, you grow up and you thinking like, oh yeah, like the, the, the those bad people put Jesus on the cross. Not knowing that also my sin put Jesus on the cross. You get what I'm saying? And yeah. I need him because I can never be good. I had this notion in my head that I could do all these good works and then, you know, because people, especially here in the world and especially in a business, the more things that you do, the more people talk about you. So then you find yourself doing things for applause. Uh-huh. You get what I'm saying? Right, doing right. things for applause. And at this point, like God had put this lot and he's like, Brittany, this, this is not the right intention anymore. You get what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And also something that I learned that was so vital in the midst of that, Miss Natasha, is that I cannot earn it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Exactly. All of my life, again, from going back to that six-year-old who sold her toys to go get, like, I earned it. In yeah. all of my life, I felt like I had to earn it. And in the midst of chaos and all those struggles that I had in those years, God revealed to me that hey, you do not have to earn it. You just need to receive my love. You yeah, know? this is this is one thing that you can't earn. You know, so yeah. I mean, in in, in 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 reference to your topic, rejection. I rejected myself far. Far faster and far more. Like I, I did it to me first, and and before often anybody did. else did. Yeah. Before anybody else. Before anybody else. So yeah, I had to really deal with that. I had to deal with my own stinking think. I had to deal with my self reflection, my ability to earn it, um, and just learn how to receive His love and, and trust Him, and not be the person that had to go get it all done. If that makes sense. I know that was a loaded question. Yeah, <laughs> no, a loaded that- answer. <laughs> that was awesome. That was awesome. Cause I, I think that people value the transparency and I know that you've definitely spoken to someone that is listening. And, um, as you are in an entrepreneurial journey or, um, possibly, you know, just working, you know, corporately or something like that, and you're listening and you found your, um, fulfillment through achievement. I know that I have been in that place as well, you know, that I'm defining myself by what I do, what I make, what I bring to the table. Um, But you're still empty. And as Brittany was saying, you know, you can have a great public face and you can look awesome on social media, but the walls are crumbling and you're falling apart on the inside developing a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and realizing that, you can't earn his love. You can't be good enough to do it. But it's just because he loves you and he created you that he loves you and that, you know, he wants to, you know, abide with you and he wants to have a relationship with you. Because as she said, um, even though, you know, I think you said there was chaos, but peace at the same time, you know, and it's not to say that, um, having a relationship with the Lord is not going to, you know, it's, it's not going to calm every storm. The Bible says that in this world, you will have trouble, but he's already overcome the world. 
And so even in that trouble, you can still have peace. You can still know that your relationship, you know, has given you a foundation and tools to weather the storm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing and just really um, for your transparency and And I know that um, people that are listening are able to identify with what you have shared. Um, Just to wrap up, if there's somebody, a fellow entrepreneur or someone um, that has dealt with setbacks or rejection in their business, they're having difficulty raising capital. They've had lackluster sales, um, lack of support. You know, maybe they have a nonprofit and or, you know, their business, and they really want to make their baby, their hobby, their main source of income, but they're discouraged. You know, COVID-19 has come, you know, maybe the, the sales aren't there the way that they need to. There's things going on in their personal life, or even I think what you said was great, that you rejected yourself before anybody else could. And sometimes we discount ourselves. What advice would you give to, you know, the audience to somebody that is going through that situation that's listening? The book of Proverbs talks about, you know, money management and finances and entrepreneurship like crazy. We have gotten to a point in American Christianity where we listen to a message that uh, that came from a man versus the direct message that comes from the Bible. You know, so our ethics and our standards and our understanding and interpretation of what God really meant for us to have and understand has been so tainted because we're listening to sometimes false prophets and and messages of people who are only preaching from a fraction of it. When I know like at one point I was just like, God, this didn't come with a rule book or this didn't come with a playbook. And and it absolutely does. But the foundation of the Bible being standard, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And and people like to, to have this argument that it contradicts itself. And I challenge you that if you learn the context and in the time and you do the work research, maybe look at it some apologetics or do, do some further research. The Bible does not come back void in any shape or affection. So God was so gracious to us to not only leave us with the Holy Spirit, but a standard of the way that life should look like. So I just challenge you that if you're lacking anything within business, I'm going to say like you're not really lacking anything. You're lacking the, the, the wisdom, you know, and, and the knowledge and, and the how to. And I think that your first coach should be the Holy Spirit, you know, in the Bible first and then looking at other ways. Because the thing is, like, there is it's an unction that God could give you that no one else can give you on this earth. That No one's path is going to look exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So and not to say this, here's another thing, too. Like, again, God's not your genius. So just because you do that, don't feel like. You know what I'm saying? That your business is going to be successful. Like, so now you're just going to God so that your business can be successful because that ain't right either, you know? Uh-huh. So, um, what I would give to people right now that might be in a setback in their business, if you have an issue raising capital, I wrote an ebook. Like, you want to look, you want to look for someone who has the results, the fruit of what you want, and you want to study these people. I challenge you to look for people who can pour into you and that doesn't mean like in person maybe that's you purchasing a book maybe that's you purchasing a course or going to a seminar you don't have to have a personal relationship for someone to actually um if you're lacking that type of support community is needed like i said you need to get a mentor you need to get a coach you need to get a therapist you need to get a financial consultant you need a team of people and here's the thing it's going to cost you something if you're that person two two last thoughts i'm sorry miss natasha if you're that person who is unwilling to invest in their future, you get exactly what you give. 
Mm. I'm gonna leave you with that. You're gonna get exactly what you give. So if you're unwilling to put something in for yourself, don't expect other people to give you something that you're not willing to give yourself first. You have to be able to sustain your own household before you can help anybody else. Mm. You know? So if you're unwilling, like you have to put on your own oxygen mask. Nobody owes you anything. If you want it, you gotta work for it. And 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 the thing is, and you're not even you're, after you do all the work, you're still not even guaranteed success. That's right. the risk in entrepreneurship. Right. But be willing to take the risk and not be afraid of rejection. Invest in yourself, but you have to do the work. Thank mm-hmm. you for joining us, Brittany. I've enjoyed having you. I've enjoyed being here. Thank you for having me. Blessings to your family, to this new venture. I cannot wait to listen back in to other people who are going to pour into people. And just thanks for creating this space and being obedient. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we will be right back with Relevant, the radio show. Stay tuned.
Thankful thoughts. I'm thankful for every closed door, for every experience that felt like rejection, because it served to strengthen me and led me to the life that God has ordained for me. I thank God for never rejecting me and for always loving me in spite of my faults and knowing the core of who I am. He still loves me the same. In him, there is no rejection. Let me leave you with this. There's a quote that says, Every time I thought I was being rejected from something good, I was actually being redirected to something better. Another quote from Donna Partlow says, What feels like rejection is often God's protection when you're headed in the wrong direction. Thank you for joining us today. Have an awesome week. Be real. Be relevant and walk in the light. I don't want to sing about pain anymore. Only want to sing about the one I adore. And dedicate my life to him and be a sacrifice for him, all to the glory of God. Everybody sing now.